Hello, and welcome back to Forming the Family, a youth ministry podcast from St. Anthony of Padua designed to help you open the word at home. This is episode two, and this episode's a little different. We are no longer meeting together in person to record, so today Paige, Mark, and I actually recorded on the internet using a Zoom hangout. So if you notice a little bit of a change in quality, or if there are some moments that are a little hard to hear, uh, it's because we're not all using uh, the same setup that we had when we were in person. But we were still really happy and really excited to record this episode and to help walk with you through the readings for this coming fifth Sunday of Lent. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Forming the Family, Breaking Open the Word at Home. This is our second episode. My name is Mark Ballone. I'm the coordinator of Edge and Anchor at St. Anthony's, and I am accompanied by my two co-workers, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Paige Ingersoll, the Life Team Discipleship Coordinator. And I'm Adam Smythe, uh, just the Life Team Coordinator. <laughs> just, just the Life Team. Just the Life Team just Coordinator. It's not a big deal. You guys have multis, I don't but that's okay. That's true. We talked about this last time. You got to get a new shtick. You can, you can be the podcast coordinator. That can there you go. New, I am the digi- the youth title. ministry digital guy. You had such a cool title and then you ended <laughs> it with guy. <laughs> eh, whatever. Uh, it's okay. But anyway, yeah, we are, uh, we're back here for our second week. This will be for the fifth Sunday uh, in Lent. So we're going to just keep moving week by week. Uh, and we're excited to dive in with all of you today. Um, hopefully you had a good experience last week with, uh, with our podcast, a chance to sit, to pray as a family, to open things up. But we're excited to, to dive in for round two. So we're, we're just going to dive right in. Um, and so just as we did last week to begin, uh, I can ask the question, what are some of these kind of general broad themes that we see in the readings for the fifth Sunday in ordinary or fifth Sunday of Lent. Um, and also this is a good time for you. If you have not read the readings, take the time uh, to do that before we dive in, feel free to pause us. We will not be offended, but um, after you've read them and we start to dive in, let's maybe just chat about some themes. So Mark page, what are some themes from this fifth Sunday in Lent? I mean, I feel like the most obvious is resurrection, of course. Um, and uh deals with death mm-hmm. uh death of the body but also death of the spirit um what about you mark what do you think i think the idea of uh like patience and uh waiting for god uh sometimes we have to remember that we are not on god's schedule uh, god's timeliness cannot be scheduled uh, that's something that i think is really important i think we'll see that uh in both romans and uh in our gospel reading uh today yeah what about you adam no, I, you guys are hitting them all kind of on the head. Um, I think you could talk about like faith and hope as well, um, which mm. I think just kind of comes in with, with some of that patience uh, and the waiting. And uh, again, I think we're going to see some baptismal themes in this, um, kind of talking about rebirth in the spirit, which is what we know as baptism. But really, like like you said, Paige, I think resurrection is kind of the, uh, the head honcho, so to speak. So... Um, we're going to start to see some of that. So let's just dive right in. Reading one page. Awesome. Take it away. 
I love this first reading Ezekiel. Um, but I, I, I also wish that like it had the entire reading. We're focusing mainly on um, Ezekiel 37 and the verses 12 and 14. But before 12 and 14 happen, um, Ezekiel has this vision that is given by God. And he sees this entire, uh, he's brought into this valley and literally all surrounding him completely is this just like, army of just dead dry bones right and um and god promises to bring these bones back to life and put start putting flesh on them and muscle and ligaments and all these things and it's a really awesome reading if you have the chance to go back and just read 37 uh, ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 14 but where we pick up in our reading for sunday is uh verse 12 and the main big line for this reading is I am the Lord when I open your graves and have you rise from them, oh my people. And I think we'll we'll be able to discuss this and connect it really well, especially to the gospel reading with Lazarus being raised. So um, yeah, I think this is an incredible reading. Is there anything else that you guys would like to add to it that I might not have mentioned? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, the only other thing I was going to say is, you know, um, I'll put my spirit in you that you may live. And uh, we'll see some of that, I think, you know, with the second reading, but also when we, again, talking about baptism, the reality of God um, pouring out his spirit, um, not just upon us, but in us, right? We talk about the indwelling of the spirit and not just like the covering or the the joining of the spirit, but the fact that God desires um, to put his spirit inside of us to bring us life um, is another kind of cool thing from this. I think also that last line of, I have spoken, I will do it, uh, says the Lord. Um, and just kind of how we, we discussed that promise, keeping that promise and um, our hope is in that promise, right? That we discussed for this week. So I think that's another huge line that plays a part into the readings this, this weekend. And I was, and I was uh, talking to Paige and Adam as we were preparing for the podcast that every week when we read the readings for the Mass, the Old Testament and the Gospel reading are parallel. And sometimes it's in subtle ways. Today, it's like the least subtle ways that God has possibly <laughs> yeah. done. It is like raised from the dead, raised from the dead, which I think is beautiful because sometimes that, uh, that bluntness really helps to wake us up a little bit in uh, understanding that that hope is in the re resurrection of uh of, of Christ and our, and our bodies, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, we want to keep moving. We're going to keep these kind of short cause we have a lot to say with the gospel, but into the, uh, responsorial Psalm, it's Psalm 130. And, uh, just a few thoughts on this. Um, the first one really right off the bat, that very first, um, words of, of the actual Psalm verse out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. And really, this is a this is a psalm of of I would say desperation, um, but it's also a psalm of of hope, and a psalm of faith and expectation. And you know that just kind of looking and, and reading through different sources and um, looking at different you know biblical commentary or commentators and scripture scholars and you know uh, one that that I was reading through noted just. Um, when we say out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. And he kind of says, you know, like what, what deeper depth is there than death? 
you know, the depths of, and, and in the Old Testament, talking about Sheol, which is something that you'll see in the Psalms, really, this is like the lowest point. This is the point of death. And so really tying in even some of this, you know, death and grave and tomb imagery, the Psalm is really kind of starting by cluing us into like from the death depths, but from the death I call to you or I cry to you, Lord. Um, and then the other thing that really stuck out to me was just um, this line, you know, more than sentinel- sentinels wait for the dawn, let Israel wait for the Lord. And just in, in reflecting on that, um, for these sentinels waiting for the dawn, like we, we know dawn is coming, right? We, it's, it's something we can expect. We know, you know, as sure as the sun will rise, um, but yet they're still there. But in that same way, let Israel wait for the Lord. And I think it really just shows that the expectant faith that the Lord desired for his people and for Israel, for, for his chosen race, their waiting is not just waiting in vain. It's not just like an anxious, like, well, we're kind of hopeful, but they're waiting knowing that the Lord is going to come um, with mercy and fullness of redemption, like it says in the response. They know that he's going to come, you know, as literally as sure as the sun will rise. And so I think, um, like I said, it's it's a kind of a despairing because we're calling from the dead, but at the same time, recognizing again with these themes of resurrection and new life, recognizing that even in the midst of death, they are sure um, that the Lord is coming. And it's that kind of hopeful, expectant waiting. So those are just my, my thoughts on the Psalm. Awesome. All right. And then Mark, you want to go ahead and cover the second reading? Yeah, absolutely. The second reading uh, is uh, Romans 8, 18 through 11. Just like my uh, and I love chapter in scripture. Sorry, okay. Romans 8. Um, and I really, I love when Bible verses are roller coasters for me emotionally, um, because it starts out by saying, brothers and sisters, those who are in flesh cannot please God. And when I started reading that, because I read slow, so I'm reading that and I'm like, oh, I can't please God, you know? And then Paul immediately, he helps us and he comforts us and he says, but you are not in the flesh. And I was like, oh, I'm learning, you know? And so it's interesting because, <laughs> because I like, I like learning from scripture because uh, it says on the contrary, you are in the spirit, if only the spirit of God dwells in you. And so really what Paul is doing in this scripture is he's teaching us about what's called the spiritual life. Um, and not only the spiritual life, but the spiritual life and death. Um, and he kind of uh, helps us to kind of understand what our hope and what our our goal in our life is and, and is to be. Uh, and because it's so important that we understand that like the goal of our lives here on earth is for our spiritual beings to be unified with the spirit of God. And if that happens, then we can have eternal life. And that eternal life obviously looks differently than, you know, the non-Christian movies and television that we see people, you know, playing with harps and halos and, you know, uh, riding on clouds. No, that's not what, you know, eternal salvation looks like for us. Um, and then although, you know, we, we will eventually obtain you know, our, our heavenly bodies, that is something that is, you know, going to happen at the, at the end of, end of time. And so again, we're, we're seeing that, 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 that the talk of death and life and resurrection. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's uh, Romans, anything stand up to you guys? I think it's just like, again, I mean, sometimes I think it's hard for us to see the way in which the Psalm plays a part in these readings, but like, I, I too was looking at that piece and saying, like, as soon as I read it, just being like, those who are in the flesh cannot be please God. And you're like, oh, shoot. But then you think about it and you're like, but again, we're not trusting in ourselves and in our own flesh. Cause like you, 
it's he says like you are in the spirit if only the spirit of god dwells in you therefore we're not trusting in our own our own um mortality or our own flesh instead yes. we're going back to the psalm and it says like um it says like if where's sorry i'm i'm trying to find it real quick oh okay so it says um i trust in the lord my soul trusts in his word we're not trusting in our own abilities or in inabilities like we're trusting that we are in one with god in spirit right so that's just kind of absolutely yeah absolutely and that just kind of takes us again even into kind of that understanding of of baptism and and the the indwelling and how the the lord is actually going to come and raise us to new life um which is a good segue into the gospel um we got to keep cruising through uh this we want to give some good time but uh the gospel begins and, and we have a couple of new players, well, a new player, Lazarus, um, but we have Mary and Martha. Hopefully, uh, we know who Mary and Martha are. We've heard uh, their story in scripture. Jesus comes into their home, and we have, don't be such a Martha, be more of a Mary. Poor Martha, always getting downtrodden here. Um, she makes a comeback in this reading. Can I just say that? True. In this reading, she makes a hard comeback, and I'm so excited for us to cover it. Exactly. Yeah. Martha's not just the busy one who does the worst thing. Martha is Martha's a boss. She absolutely. This is this is this is the same Martha got that got frustrated with her sister Mary, uh, because Mary was sitting at the at the feet of Christ who made a a choice that were that was better. Um, and and here she kind of has a a really great proclamation of uh, of, of Christ here. Yeah. And also Mary is the one who took the perfumed oil and like anoints like the, or washes like Christ's feet and like dries it with her hair. So like, just to give us a little bit of background as to like also Mary's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Martha, sorry, go Mark. I was going to say, I'll keep going. I was just going to say Martha and Mary have a brother. His name is Lazarus. (laughs) Um, And, and, and at the Sorry. beginning of yeah, it was absolutely, and and so we we know that that Lazarus has passed, um, and and Christ comes four days after the death of Lazarus, and this is kind of important because in the Jewish tradition, um, the first three days after the death, the Jewish people believed that the soul was still present around the body of the deceased person, um, and Jesus comes at that fourth day when the body was truly dead. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Princess Bride, uh, Princess Bride is this movie uh, that I think is really great. Um, there's a character called Miracle Max, and he says that the body is dead, dead. You know, there's a difference between being mostly dead and all dead, and and Lazarus is all dead. So another part of this that I, I really had never reflected on until I also was looking at some, um, you know, commentators on um, scripture and, um, I, I really loved that they pointed out the fact that in, in the line where um, he says, uh, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. The fact that, I mean, I think we kind of skim over that in the reading that like he, Jesus actually heard about it and still remained where he was um, and didn't go immediately to Lazarus, even though he had heard about him being ill. And, um, but right before this, we hear um, Christ say, this illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So having him say that, and then immediately having him kind of be like, okay, well, I'm going to take my time where I am right here, wait, 
there's purpose to that, right? And um, there's a and there's a reason why he delays because he knows of something greater that's going to be coming from this than him going immediately to heal and to save Lazarus. So I just love that. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and yeah, obviously, Mark, you said you know he he shows up. It's been in the tomb for four days, and this is really where we we kind of start to see uh, some of what we wanted to to touch on a little bit more, but. Um, Martha shows up to Jesus and Martha is just like, what in the world? Like, what are you doing? If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Right. But even now I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus just flat out, your brother will rise. Right. So, so in control of all of this. And then Martha makes this beautiful profession of faith. Like, I know, I know, I believe in the resurrection. Like, I know this is going to happen. And Jesus just says, you know, I am the resurrection and the life, you know, whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live and, and just kind of puts it back on Martha. And do you believe this? And she says, yes, like I've come to believe that you are the Christ. So this beautiful moment, this beautiful um, profession of faith, but, but really, again, kind of on the human level, it's, it's really preceded by, I think a, a level of frustration, right? Like if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't have happened. What in the world? Like if you would have just gotten here, and, and there's, there's a, like I said, a real level of frustration there. And I think it's a, a good time for us to maybe like pause and, and to have a question for us to kind of think through of just like, when was the last time that we are, we're dealing with frustration and brought it to the Lord, right? When, when did we take a frustration to the Lord? How did we do it? How did we bring it to him? And then yeah. even more so, like, how can we take Martha's example and, and how can that, you know, be something for us to follow? Yeah, I think um, just to add on to that, Adam, before we let everybody reflect on this, is just like, can you imagine having just such a, a relationship with the Lord that you can just be honest and share your frustrations in that way with him openly? Like she she essentially chastises him and being like, if you had only been here, like you, this wouldn't have happened. And I think that it's mm-hmm. um, like, do we have that kind of intimacy with the Lord to where we can be honest with him and not fearful that like, well, if I say something to him and I'm frustrated with him, like, will he handle, like, can he handle it? You know, Mark, go ahead. What, 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 how would you like to add to this? Um, well, I was, I was going to say that, um, that, that Mary and Martha reached out to Jesus when uh, he was ill. And so, you know, their plans and their hopes was that the, uh, that the Lord, that Jesus would come and he would, and he would heal that, you know? So I think it is important that we understand that the, the frustrations and the prayers that we bring with God, you know, he has a plan for, and then he's there, you know, kind of for us. And so I think we take that, that question that Adam asked, and you guys take a moment to ask that question. And Adam, what was that question again? Just when was the last time you were dealing with a frustration and, and how did you bring it to the Lord? Uh, and then maybe like a third part, just how can we take Martha's example and, and follow it? All right. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, hopefully you guys had an opportunity. I know for, for our family personally, um, because of the coronavirus, a lot of our future plans are being altered. You know, um, some of my brothers and sisters-in-laws, they're, um, their graduations from A&M have been postponed. The ring days, which is a big deal at A&M, you know, has been canceled altogether. And I know that a lot of our students as well have uh, proms and graduations and, and celebrations that are being, you know, delayed. And I think that, you know, uh, that can be frustration and we can bring that, you know, kind of to the Lord. Right, right. 
I think just in past times, like there are times where I've prayed or asked God to answer one of like answer a prayer of mine or answer a desire of mine. And when it hasn't gone answered, it's really easy to get frustrated with him and just be like, why? Like, why haven't you grant granted me this? Like, why haven't you answered this prayer, this plea of my heart? Right. And it's only with time that the Lord and patience that he gives you through it. Right. That he shows you like, no, I have a perfect will and I have a perfect timing. And although you might not understand it right now, I'm asking you to remain faithful and to persevere, right? So um, just through multiple, you know, things where I've asked him to answer a prayer or um, a desire and it hasn't gone answered um, and dealing with that frustration, but seeing the the other side of it where those prayers have come become, you know, are answered just with time, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, obviously as we continue to move, we kind of hit the, the climax of the story here, um, even beyond Jesus and this profession of faith, like he, he literally goes to the tomb and, uh, Mary has her encounter and she's just as upset. But then, um, we have that, you know, awesome line of the humanity of Jesus and the fact that he, he weeps, right? He's like, he's so, he's so moved, uh, by the loss of his friend, but also, the feeling of Martha and Mary, the brother of, of their brother being gone. And so these sisters being upset. And so, um, we just, we see a little bit of, of Jesus in his humanity here. Um, but then of course we have the main event, right? Where, where Jesus walks up and asks them to, to roll the stone away and, and then literally by his word and says, Lazarus come out, you know, and Lazarus is raised from the dead and comes walking out. Um, and, you know, again, there's, there's like a million different thing we could have like six or seven podcasts on this, but what are just some, some thoughts around all of this in this kind of main moment here? I, I think that it can be argued besides the resurrection of Christ himself, that this is Jesus's greatest miracle in the scriptures. Um, and I think that, you know, as a small little side question, if you guys want to ask, you know, answer uh, among your family, take a moment, kind of try to remember as many miracles as you can of Jesus, um, you know, take a moment for that, you know, of all of the miracles that he performed, this was the greatest, the rising of someone from the dead. And it was one person, it was Lazarus. And, and, you know, you might ask yourself why him, you know, millions of people die, millions of people, uh, you know, are, are, are passed away. And why, why Lazarus? What was so you know, different about him, you know? And so that, that's a question that I ask myself, you know, a lot. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I also, um, love that this connects back to our first reading. So when we look at like Jesus's command, he says, Lazarus come out. And it's, I mean, think about the way in which this is being done. No, like Jesus' hands were not laid upon him as the last miracle with the blind man being healed. Like this is really by his word that this miracle is taking place. And the really cool part is, Mark, your question of like, you know, what are the miracles that we know in scripture? Literally, if you go and you open up the book of John, there's six signs that John talks about in, in his gospel, right? And this is, or seven, sorry, there's seven signs, my bad. There's seven. And this is the sixth sign. And the seventh is Jesus's resurrection. So all of these signs are building up to the ultimate sign, which is his resurrection. And that's what we should be pointing towards is that we, we look back and when we hear Christ command Lazarus come out, it should draw us back to the first reading where it says, in this moment, literally, 
Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and have you rise from them, O my people. The Jews at that time would have gone and they, they would have known that this was an indication of Christ truly professing to be the Lord, right? So I just I love that this is a full circle um, with the reading. And I think that this also begs another question that we should reflect on, which is what are the graves that we need the Lord to call us out of? especially during this Lenten season, like in what way do we want to be resurrected at Easter, right? Um, so I take a little bit of time within your family and just ask this question of what are the graves that we need the Lord to call us out of? Go ahead and take some time and join us right back here and we'll, we'll finish off with our last question for this reading. All right. Thank you guys so much for uh, taking a chance. Um, obviously this uh, this podcast, if you listen to the previous podcast, we asked a, a reflection question um, after each of our Bible verses. But because these Bible verses were so linked this this uh, this week, we wanted to just kind of ask them all concurrently during the, the verse. And so as we kind of wrap up this week, we kind of wanted to uh, ask the question, uh, what do you feel like God, you need from God right now? Um, what do you feel like you need from God right now? And how are you going to go about praying for that? Um, with the understanding that God's timeline is different than ours, that we have to be patient, and sometimes our prayers are answered in ways that we are, we are not uh, uh, expecting, we are um, asking that question, what do we need from God right now? Yeah. And, and again, like, you know, Paige, with your question of the tomb, you know, maybe it is uh, a call for resurrection in a way. Maybe you need new life uh, in, in a specific area of your life. And, you know, we have the example of Martha of, you know, her blunt but loving, you know, question. So I think that we do have some some really good examples here and we have great opportunities. And I think the last thing is honestly, like, I, I mean, just personally, I want this next week of my prayer life. Like I want to have my statement of prayer towards the Lord and just statement of faith towards the Lord to be Mary, uh, Martha's of be like, yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, the one who is coming into the world. So when we're bringing those things to him of what, what do we need to be resurrected in? What are some of our frustrations? Like, I feel like this should be our profession of faith this week, you know? Um, and I think that's a really great example for us to follow is Martha's in this, um, this gospel reading. So, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're going to call it, uh, we appreciate you guys coming back and listening. Uh, please keep coming back. We're going to keep recording these and we want to see as many people listening as possible. And, um, if you have friends that even aren't part of the parish, feel free to, to share this. Um, tell them what it's been, you know, doing for you and for your family, but we really do, um, appreciate when you guys are here and when uh, you have the chance to, to listen and to kind of journey with us through this. So um, thanks again. And we miss you guys terribly. Um, we are so thankful to have you joining us because, um, yeah, we miss seeing every one of you guys, but we have been loving seeing you guys join us for our devotionals throughout the week. And we'd love to continue to receive your intention so we can actively be praying for them. And if anything is, you know, any glory stories that you have while doing this with your family, please share them with us, whether um, through email or we can direct message us on Instagram or 
Facebook or anything. We just would love to hear um, how what we can what we're doing is helping or how we can be helping um, in an even greater way. So thank you guys for joining us, and we can't wait to have you join us again next week for episode three. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.